This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Welcome to Knowledge at Wharton. I'm Angie Bassuni. My guests today are Tom Robertson, who is a marketing professor here at Wharton and director of the school's J.H. Baker Retailing Center, and Paula Courtney, who is CEO at Verde Group, which is a customer experience consultancy. Verde Group and the Retailing Center have a research partnership that goes back to 2006, and together they've produced some eye-opening studies meant to help retailers better understand how to keep their customers happy, satisfied, and coming back. Tom spoke with me back in September about their previous study that found a disheartening downward trend in customer loyalty during the coronavirus pandemic. And he's back today with Paula to share the results of their latest survey-based study. And it's a big one. It measures just how much retailers can hold on to repeat business if they can manage to deliver wow shopping experiences. Tom, it's nice to see you again. Good to see you, Angie. Yeah. And Paula, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me here. So, Tom, let's start with you. Can you give us a general overview of the study and why it was done? Well, this study was all about taking a positive outlook on the retail shopping experience um, and to find ways that retailers could enhance that experience and benefit consumers. Uh, There's been a lot of consternation in retail recently. Um, In fact, what gets a lot of press is the store closings, the bankruptcies, the mall closings. And yet, um, that's these negativities are really only a small part of what's going on. And there's also a lot of positivities out there as well. Um, whether it, I, I also get the question, is retail dying? And, and of course, retail is not dying. Um, it's... Uh, Um, maybe the largest employer in the country. It's about a quarter of all uh, employment in the United States. Um, And it's a major contributor to gross domestic product. So retail is is doing well. Now, that doesn't mean it's all doing well. And much like the economy as a whole, there's really been a K-shaped pattern uh, that uh, some retailers are doing exceedingly well and some aren't doing so well. Some retail formats are doing exceedingly well, and some aren't doing so well. Uh, Let's take some examples. Um, Target, doing exceedingly well. Uh, Burlington stores, doing very, very well. Uh, Aldi, the uh, German supermarket chain, uh, doing very, very well. Um, And also this morning, um, um, MasterCard Pulse came out with data on retail sales. Uh, And so comparing it to last February, retail sales were up 4.6%. Now, much of that was an online, but that's still retail sales. It's online, it's offline, it's omni-channel, it's retail sales. Um, And almost half of the the increase was uh, was in in, uh, online. So things, things are actually going well for some sectors of, of the retail environment. There are winners, there are losers, and, and things are changing. Uh, there's a lot of innovation out there. Uh, there are, there's innovation such as uh, live commerce that's putting together live streaming and, and influencers, which I think is a new uh, hot area for retail. Um, there are the, uh, the new uh, shop within a shop or shop within a store 
concepts, which are, I think, they're going to become much more prevalent in uh, North America. Um, and uh, we, we also see uh, uh, the rise of uh, artificial intelligence and, and, and virtual reality, augmented reality, which all have the potential in some situations enhancing uh, the retail experience. So generally, um, we want to focus on the positive. Um, and we went off we went to market, that is, we went to uh, study consumers and uh, that's where I get your next question. Well, it's interesting you're saying that retail is not dying. So when we hear that phrase, really, it's just hyperbole. Of course, there are segments that are not doing as well as others, but people still want to shop. They're still out there. And I, I also like that you mentioned this live commerce, this new sort of way of shopping. I've, I've personally seen that myself on Instagram in, in the last few weeks. Um, so let's talk about this wow experience. That's a new phrase for me. Apollo, can you tell us what that means? I'm guessing a wow experience is more than just getting a great item on sale. Um, definitely. So the way we position the study, and just for the record, we surveyed 9,400 consumers as part of this analysis of wow. What we wanted to understand and the way we presented the question was, you know, can you think of an experience that you would consider exceptionally great something that might have delighted and surprised you. And when we designed this questionnaire before we went to market, we actually did a lot of interviews one-on-one -on -one with consumers. We actually posted a mini survey on social media just to see what kinds of stories that we would get from consumers when we put out the question as generically as that. What's surprise and delight? What is exceptionally great service? And we really received anything from just deliver on the fundamentals, like get me my product, uh, you know, without any friction and get me free shipping to more of the heroic measures that sales associates might take to help you solve an issue or help you find that unique and special product. Even things like surprise me with a free gift um, when I order something and I get it home. So we, we really uh, received such a broad range of what defines great. And I think that's the first key finding is great and exceptional service or experiences really depends on who you are as a consumer, right? And where you're shopping. And, um, and, it, and it ranges from basic to crazy and outlandish. In total, we went out and measured 18 experiences. So what we wanted to know is of the 18 that could have happened from heroic to basic, which ones made it as the number one across all retail formats? And lo and behold, the universal number one, uh, actually it was tied for number two, is worry-free and hassle-free returns. So being able to shop with confidence that the retailer will stand behind their purchase. That was the number one uh, experience that people said was exceptionally great, that that would be a wow experience. And the second one was sort of this notion of discounts, rewards, bonuses, but unexpected. So something that was unexpected as a surprise that reduced the total purchase price. So that was in second. And then all of a sudden, we started to see that there were differences by retail format. And, and if I had to say that there is an absolute finding, and that is the retail format, is all retail formats, whether you're a specialty retailer or a big box or category killer, 
or you're a mass merchandiser, whatever your value proposition is, the essence of that value proposition, delivering on it seemed to be the number one thing that defined greatness and wow for consumers. So the number one was hassle-free returns. Let me ask you, do you think that ties into all the online shopping that consumers have done in the last year? They, they get something in the mail, so it may not be as they expected. They want to be able to return it easily. I just realized I, I aired there. The number one was fast and free shipping, followed by uh, worry-free hassle returns. I'm terribly sorry. So the number one- That's is, quite all right. <laughs> okay, but it's so close. It's really like almost neck and neck with the whole- worry-free hassle returns. And yes, I absolutely believe that the return process and free shipping and fast shipping, uh, we've seen sort of an increase in a lot of e-commerce during the pandemic. People are shopping online more than ever before and, you know, delivering greatness in this digital, you know, experience is, is really paramount. So it's not a coincidence that those are the top two that wow and create delight and surprise for customers. It's two sides of the same coin. Tom, do you have anything to add about that, about the explaining to us what the wow experience is? Yeah, I think so. And, and it does vary um, by retail format. Um, as Paula suggested, shopping at a, a Home Depot is really very different than shopping at a specialty store of one kind or another, Saks or Vince or whatever. It also depends tremendously on online versus offline. And I think that when it comes to offline, that is in-store shopping, I think a major opportunity that is being missed that could help retailers deliver wow experiences would be to um, value professional sales associates. Now, if I'm sure if we went to retailers, they would say, oh, yes, we do. The question is, do they? Uh, what's happened in the last uh, five years or so, especially, is an awful lot of cutbacks um, on, the, on the sales floor. And, you know, it gets difficult to find a, a sales associate. And if you do, they may or may not be trained because it's no longer thought of so much as an, an occupation that can advance into uh, other uh, parts of the organization. So I, I think that the sales associate is a really overlooked part of what's going on at retail like at the store level. Now, when you move over to the online level, um, the challenge there is how do they deliver uh, this hassle-free experience, especially hassle-free returns, or when people have a problem and need to contact the retailer. And I think we've all had the experience recently with chatbots. Now, chatbots are getting better, and they will get better and better, and I'm sure someday they'll be just as good as humans. But at the present time, I think for a lot, a lot of online retailers, that is to say, retailers who are delivering online, um, the chatbot bot isn't necessarily solving the problem of uh, delivering outstanding customer service that many people come away frustrated and uh, complaining and thinking, wow, I'd just like to talk to a real person. And uh, we know the costs of real people. Uh, and we know that that's, uh, that's a real challenge for retailers. Um, but for now, at least, the, the chatbot hasn't been 
uh, the, the solution it was hoped for. Now, maybe it has for certain retail chains. I don't know. But in general, I think if you play around with chatbots, you know that, hey, this isn't working out to my advantage. Yeah, I talked about that before, about the importance of the sales associate as part of a retailer's customer service strategy, how it's it's integral to that process. It can't be overlooked. And of course, we, we know that there have been a lot of cuts in those jobs right. during the pandemic. Do you expect that the, those will come back or when we return to quote unquote normal, that the contraction of those jobs will stay that way? It's a really good question, Angie. The uh, uh, retail sales forces, uh, the sales associates in store were being cut before the pandemic. Right. As the pandemic has come along, uh, a lot of these people have been furloughed. And your question is, will they come back? Or will retailers just take advantage of the situation to cut costs further? It really depends on how you're going to define your business. Am I going to define my business and my business strategy to be a low cost provider, which might be appropriate for certain chains? Uh, I don't know if I want to say that, that Walmart should necessarily be in that. Uh, but I mean, historically, that's what Walmart's been all about. We're the low cost mm -hmm. producer. And it might be okay for them, but for others, is, is that really your strategy or is your strategy to deliver an in-store experience, which is uh, meaningful and makes people feel good when they leave the store? Again, it'll be like Paula says, it depends on the retail format. I mean, it might be that for some retail formats, uh, not bringing people back is exactly the right thing to do. But for others, I think you better bring them back <laughs> uh, because otherwise the in-store experience is going to continue to deteriorate. And we're trying to get to the wow, correct? Exactly. So let's, let's go back to that wow experience. I, I think I'm thinking about the pandemic and the way that many of us are shopping during the pandemic. We're not looking for a wow experience. We want to get in and out of the store. Maybe we don't even want to talk to a sales associate. We just want to get in and out safely. So has the pandemic changed the, that, that expectation of the consumer? Does, does the wow experience uh, still, is it still relevant during a pandemic? Uh, Paula, could, I'll ask you that question. Absolutely it is. I mean, what we learned, which was surprising, is that consumers are not giving retailers a hall pass for the pandemic. When we measured the consumer experience before the pandemic, you know, customer loyalty was at a certain rate. And then during the pandemic, customers were less loyal. They were experiencing more friction. They're more demanding. So, and when you think about what wow is, when it varies from the delivering on the fundamentals of your value proposition to delight and surprise and free gift with purchase, I think consumers still have those expectations. So, uh, you know, what I believe the pandemic has done is it hasn't changed what is important to customers. What has changed is the degree to which that matters. So does it matter more or less? But the fundamentals of what matters, I think, have stayed intact. So for a retailer coming out of this pandemic, I think they ought to focus on, hey, if we have an opportunity to truly create better loyalty, and what is loyalty? You know, getting customers spend more to increase their trip frequency. And if we need that, and we do need that, retailers need that, we need to do something differently. We need to deliver on what we promise, what our value and our brand promises to deliver. And we need to do that on a consistent basis. So if we're a low cost producer, 
like a, you know, a Walmart and we're a value discounter, then having stock available is really important for customers who shop in your store because they're coming in for that product, they're coming in for that price. So give them exactly what they're looking for, be consistent and stay true to the thing that you represent. If you're a specialty retailer and you want to create this enjoyable, frictionless shopping experience in your store, then you got to continue to do that. You got to invest in that store. You got to invest in those sales associates who are critically important to deliver that experience that, that is part of you, your brand. So yes, I absolutely believe that now is not the time to shirk away from delivering wow or delivering on the basics because customers are still demanding that. That is loud and clear, loud and clear. Uh, Tom, anything to add to that about, about that wow, the importance of that wow experience? Um, so it depends. It depends on the format. It depends on the consumer as well. Um, I've been teaching Gen Zs, so they're mm-hmm. on average 20 years old. Um, I can tell you they do not like to talk to people. <laughs> and um, they, they're they not looking to go into a store and find a sales associate and, and have a conversation. Uh, they they might be interested in getting in. And, actually, I don't know if they're interested in getting in and out, but they're interested in getting in, not talking to anyone and getting out. Uh, this is the generation that said uh, that says, uh, don't call me, text me. Right. They're digital uh, natives. They're used to doing yeah, everything online. And, right. So uh, for them, um, yeah, they're. They're in a hurry to get out, but I think for other segments of the market, uh, shopping can be a social experience. I don't think that's going to change. Um, I, I think there are retail formats that deliver that, and and some uh, some retailers, even including department stores, uh, are moving toward the concept of be, being an entertainment center that mm-hmm. will get you here because it's so enticing. Uh, there are so many interesting things going on here for you and your children uh, uh, or your you know, your loved ones of, of uh, whatever age. Um, and uh, so it, it's changing uh, and retailers are responding uh, to that and malls are definitely responding. There are fewer malls than there were. Um, and, and it's going to continue to evolve, Angie. I think, you know, we do have to remember that the United States is overstored. It has, right. I think it has more stores per capita, more square foot per capita than uh, any other country in the world. So, yeah, there are probably going to be fewer stores in the future. Why should there be as many as there are? But they're going to, they're going to be different. And uh, there's going to be more online and there's going to be more uh, live commerce using Instagram or whatever or TikTok. It's changing. Um, and uh, if you're a sophisticated retailer, you realize that and you don't cling to the past. You move right. on to the future, uh, which is always a challenge for any legacy company in any industry. You've got all you've been so successful. You've got all these fixed commitments and yet the market's moving away from you. And you say, well, it hasn't moved very far. Right. And it's still small over in the new part. I'll cling to the old part, but every year the old part gets smaller and smaller. It's just like electric vehicles. Yeah, it's going to be electric vehicles, um, I think. Um, You could cling to uh, gasoline-powered vehicles, but, uh, you know, hey, that's what you're good at. Um, And and maybe you could just ride it all the way down. Is it going to be 10 more years? I I don't know, 15, 20 more years? 
but you have to get to the future. And right. retail has to be in the future. So it sounds like the big takeaway here from this study is it doesn't matter if it's uh, pandemic or not, offline or online, whatever you're selling, you still have to create that really great customer experience if you want those shoppers to come back, correct? Yes, right. absolutely. Well, right. I know that you guys have had a partnership that goes back for more than a decade, um, and this is one of the latest projects that you've done together. Can you give us sort of a sneak peek, a hint into what you might be studying or exploring next? Looking ahead, I'm interested in live commerce. I think it's a hot area. It's really hot in China. I'd like to borrow from the Chinese experience. I have a Chinese colleague uh, that we're working on this. I'm interested in SWAS, uh, store within store. I think increasingly uh, department stores are, are going to be moving uh, to, in a sense, lease out all of the space in the store, not all of it, but to move beyond the cosmetics counter and some of the garments and, and to move considerably beyond that. Uh, I think AI and, and virtual reality and uh, augmented reality are, are, are with us to stay, and it's a matter of how do we embrace this. And, and finally, I'm interested in returns, which sounds a little bit more mundane than what I just mentioned. But um, I think that uh, it, it's really a major profit area. And we see entrepreneurial firms popping up in this business of, hey, we'll take care of returns for you. Um, because it's it's a huge uh, issue for retailers um, coming out of the holiday season. It's like 20% or more of goods are getting returned. That's expensive. You can't necessarily put them back in inventory. And then there are all kinds of sustainability concerns if you start throwing things away. Right, right. Paula, what about you? So Verde Group, like Tom said, we are interested in in thought leadership with respect to customer experience. And I'd say our most important body of work that's gone going right now with Tom and his team at Wharton and the Baker Retailing Center is this development of a metric that really helps retailers connect the experience that customers have with their financial performance. I think this has been a, um, you know, an effort that so many organizations are trying to understand. They're trying to understand how can we better manage and better measure that customer experience and connect it to the bottom line? Um, you know, how do we know that if we do this with the experience that that's actually gonna yield, uh, you know, a return purchase or a share of shop that goes up by 10%. So making that connection and drawing a straighter line between those two, um, those two variables is something that we're working on to help the retail sector uh, have better measurements, have better line of sight on their economic performance, which at the end of the day is everything that matters to a retailer is how well they're doing. And what matters to customers is the experience that they have. And you know what? There's a symbiotic relationship between those two. You have an amazing experience. You're going to go back to that store, go back to that retailer, and you're going to, you know, buy more and spread positive word of mouth, et cetera. Having better predictive measures that link those two is something that we've uh, spent a lot, a greater part of last year, and we continue to work on that. So we hope that we have something to share later on this year. And Tom, I don't know if you want to add to that because that is a, a big body of work that that we're interested in in doing. Right. It'd be great if we could come up with that index, <laughs> and we have a, a version of it right now, which might be working. Yes. 
Exactly. Well, we'll be ready to hear all about it when you're ready to unveil it. Thank you very much for your time today. This study is sure to help uh, retailers out there who are trying to figure out how to keep those consumers back, coming back to them during this pandemic and, and certainly afterward. So if you enjoyed this podcast, you can find more just like it on our website, where you can also read all our articles on the latest research in business. I'm Andrew Bassini for Knowledge at Wharton. Thanks for listening. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.